This is the St. Louis Podcast Network. Welcome to the CNC Golf Factory Podcast on the St. Louis Podcast Network with Kurt Rowe and Kurt Goss III. Kurt Rowe is the Executive Director of the Metropolitan Amateur Golf Association in St. Louis. Spalding, this calls for the old Billy Barul. Kurt Goss III is the head PGA professional at the Country Club of St. Albans. Hi, for short. <laughs> now, it's time for the only podcast dedicated to St. Louis local golf. Let's get into the CNC Golf Factory Podcast on the St. Louis Podcast Network. Hey, welcome on in. It's another edition of the CNC Golf Factory, Episode 5, right here on the St. Louis Podcast Network. I'm Andy Hanselman, alongside with Kurt Goss and Kurt Rowe. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. It's very, very easy. You can do it on Spotify. You can do it on Apple Podcasts. You can also search CNC Golf Factory on Google. You'll find it in all the different directories that get listed. Most of them, most of them just steal the, the iTunes feed if you will, or the Apple podcast feed. But if you want to get it downloaded to your phone every week or whenever we release a new episode, make sure that you are subscribed and you can just search C plus C Golf Factory. And that's on uh, Spotify and on Apple podcast. Gentlemen, happy June 1st. It's officially summer in St. Louis. It's 90 degrees. It's humid. It's dry. It's golf season. Sure is. I know. June 1st. Holy cow. I just, it seems like I just, um, it seems like I just said it was May 1st and now we blinked and here we are. So, but that's the way the season goes. And next thing you know, we'll be saying, oh, it's the end of, it's the end of the season. So that's, uh, that's it. It does happen quickly. Yeah. It's just so crazy fast. Yep. Kurt, your thoughts on your, uh, your feelings on golf season and summer? It's, it's, it's full on. Um, you know, it's, it's good just seeing the, uh, T sheet busy from start to finish. Uh, we just wrapped up our first week of junior golf, <clears throat> excuse me. And, uh, operation 36 with our junior golfers yesterday morning, getting out there for instruction and in nine holes. And they're playing from different yardages based on, uh, the skills they've achieved in the past, or if they're new, they start uh, from a short yardage. And then tonight was what we call our tiny tigers. Um, small is about four years old, up to about uh, seven, seven and a half years old. And uh, uh, we had that going tonight. And uh, so we've uh, we survived week one of junior golf. And of course, you know, the little itty bitties tonight got the first 90 plus degree day. Luckily, we had them in the shade this evening, but uh, okay. they had they had a good time about 29 30 youngsters and uh it's fun it's 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 just growing the game that's what kurt and i do and everybody else in our industry is try to grow this game and uh share our uh knowledge of it and so it's always fun with the kids because uh i think they're more excited about the uh juice break uh in the middle of it but uh no a lot of smiles and a lot of happy parents and like kurt said it's June 1st and uh, here we go. And before you know it, we'll be having closing luncheons and half the membership will be going back down to Naples. There touching on that, touching on that, I saw today that the, uh, the gateway PGA, I'm going to 
jump into your side a little bit, Kurt, but mm-hmm. they had their first uh, drive, chip, and putt qualifier, I think, today down at Cape Girardeau Country Club. Um, so that's, uh, you know, that's always kind of a start to the junior golf season, too. You know, they have those throughout the summer, you know, to get prepared for the drive, chip, and putt at Augusta National in 2024. But I think that was the first one of the year um, today down at Cape Country Club down in Cape Girardeau. So um, just another, uh, just another uh, you know, another point of uh you know the season starting yeah and that's and that's such a fun event to see at uh augusta national before masters uh kicks off seeing those kids and uh um our guest tonight uh she was there uh just a few years ago um so uh yeah exciting stuff leading up to that brooke beerman is going to join the show here in just a little bit um i was gonna say junior golf has come such a long way from when i played uh this is (laughs) yeah in the early 80s you know it was on friday morning at sunset hills country club it's kind of a throwaway time and they all the i mean every kid that was a golf member would come out um even the kids that didn't want to be there and that made the kids that didn't want to be there a little frustrated but uh, there was one kid that shot 125 on five holes one time but um so you could play, I remember it was one hole, three holes, five holes, nine holes, or 18 holes. And that's all. And that's all. And you in the, the 18 hole kids teed off at 7 30 in the morning, and you had to walk it, and you got done around 1 30. It just, it just it got hot. It got humid down in those in those valleys yep. on, the, on that back nine, and you just drug ass walking up and down those hills. And it was, it was something else. But you know, really, the only thing that I that we knew about when we were kids was the Quincy Little People's Golf Tournament, still going. By the way, um, I just pulled yeah. it up. I think they're in their their fiftieth year this year. Wow, that they're having that tournament up there, and I think registration is still open. Um, <clears throat> I think they pretty much let you let you uh, enter up until the uh, the day of the tournament. Um, so you can go to uh, littlepeoplesgolf.com and uh, plan that fantastic. It's still sponsored by Pepsi, by the way, too. <laughs> up there <clears throat> has had that thing since day one but was looking back on it the other day um i never thought i was good enough to go up there and play i didn't realize that they my my mom like had no clue where to go to get, to get me signed up even though there were other moms at the club that knew where to go so but um rory mcelroy a uh a veteran of the quincy little people's golf tournament played it when he was 11 years old that's very cool. I know. I'm not sure I knew that. That's, yeah. uh, I had no idea. And That's of course, you know, of course, DA points, you know, being from Pekin played in the, uh, played in it just about every year, but you know, it was cool to go back and look at the, at some of the names from the eighties and see all the, the kids that were good golfers at my, at my club, yeah. uh, that were, uh, some of them went, for, went pro for a little while, um, tried to play some tour stuff, you know, and Robin Buck, um, um, trying to think some other ones too um sam scheibel was another one that tried to so yeah but there were lots and lots of good competition out there so hearing hearing that junior golf grows i think they do it like on sundays now do you guys do a sunday thing too kurt gosh uh yeah so we have the wednesday thursday deals and then the kiddos that participate the ones that are a little bit older in the operation 36 on wednesdays we have four designated sundays uh between june and july um, on Lewis and Clark front nine where they go out with parents because we have scorekeepers and we get them paired up and it's uh, go out and try to beat your target score, which again, for the nine holes, our target score, even though it's called operation 36, we changed it last year to 39 because again, you guys have both seen Lewis and Clark. You get a kid that has to have a 
hundred yard shot on we'll call it eighteen of uh, Lewis because they play the front and back. I mean, there's some forced carries on yeah. St. Albans on Lewis. So we, we gave him three shots to work with. And that was Joe, Zach, myself, Paul Montano last year before the season started in 2022 saying, Hey, when we were kids, we all kind of just thought of breaking 40 was fun having that 39 or 38. So yeah, um, we have these play days and our first one is this Sunday and uh, we'll get the the parents out driving them around. But yeah, that's, that's the one thing we didn't have. Our junior golf was uh um, go out there and walk with these heavy steel shaft clubs and uh, oh see, my in, gosh. see you in a handful of hours. Now oh, the yeah. parents are driving them around. We're stopping at the halfway house. So. Yeah. I mean, also keep in mind, I see that a lot of kids now have push carts. Most everybody has a push cart. Keep in mind too, that when we were playing, we didn't even have the backpack style golf bags. We had those single leather straps that <laughs> ripped your shoulder up. By the time you by the time you'd played eighteen holes or nine holes even, and they weighed a ton, and uh, but you know that's the way it was, and we liked it. <laughs> the the old Burton bags, you know, um, yeah, yeah. It, uh, yeah. I mean, Andy, you're starting to date yourself. When you had to play junior golf, did you have to wear a tie and like a tuxedo, like no. back in the nineteen twenties? <laughs> no. <laughs> mom mom always had khaki shorts and a golf shirt laid out for me i always looked pretty handsome when i went out there um, you look good the other day at the club at st albans I, yeah i mean you looked like you're ready to go yeah and i i yeah that's, i the least i can do is look the part i surely didn't play the part i know that i yeah. know that game myself i shot I shot an 82 on saturday go out there and shoot a 98 on sunday oh, had, a, no. had a really great round of gateway on saturday so you know kurt Rowe and i would refer to that as handicap management absolutely that's right that's also what my what my what my uh what my uh my team captain would call that we're going to manage handicaps today so you mentioned drive chip and putt lots of availability also available for that lots of local qualifiers i just put in if you go to drive chip and putt.com um type in your zip code it gives you a bunch of places where you can go it's like oak brook i always volunteer out at oak brook for their drive chip and putt um eagle springs is having one old hickory whitmore the rail and uh in springfield um today was cape gerardo's but yeah just go to drive chip and putt.com free to register get your kids involved in a very very fun event and uh by maybe get a chance to go play at uh at augusta national on uh on sunday before the masters yep very cool and then just quick side note any uh parents uh listening also feel free to go to gatewaypga.org um our gateway section you can search uh junior programs and events under there so uh if you're looking to uh, find a way to get your kids involved um that's another avenue brooke beerman joining the show next right here cnc golf factory st louis podcast network Back here, segment two, CNC Golf Factory, St. Louis Podcast Network. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Get the get the episodes downloaded directly to your phone every single time that we post an episode. It's a great way to get the content that we love to produce for you guys. Joined in this segment, we teased it in the first segment, but joined now finally by the great Brooke Beerman. Go Sparty. Hi, Brooke. How's it going? I'm good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Brooke. Kurt here. Thank you uh, for coming on. I uh, just saw you a couple hours ago practicing at uh, St. Albans. Um, 
so we've got we got to know each other over the years through uh, the club and uh it's been a blast watching your game grow and uh take it to quite the level and uh a lot of that has to do with the dedication and everything that you put into it but uh i like to start things off and um, i want you to tell the the listeners a little bit about your background growing up in the game of the golf in the game of golf and uh what kind of hard work you put into to make it to a D one and play at such a top level? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think ever since I was a little girl, I always had, um, I really loved just competition and being around, um, a competitive atmosphere. So given, uh, the opportunity to work hard at one thing and, and, uh, try to chase my dreams. I always feel like golf, was the sport for me and um I'm just blessed enough that I was able to be given a lot of opportunities throughout my uh junior golf career to be able to play at Michigan State but um yeah I think it's a a very uh good game and I'm so glad I I play it so yeah, Brooke, that, that's that's great. We we've watched you grow up, and at a, at a young age, you've uh, accomplished so much. Just finishing up your sophomore year at Michigan State. Uh, earlier in the show, we were talking about uh, drive, chip, and putt. I was watching you uh, only a handful of years ago um, that Sunday morning live on TV, um, and then uh, went, watching you win uh, or following you winning state titles uh, in high school golf at Lafayette as and. Uh, now you uh, just a couple of weeks ago or a week and a half ago, you uh, win the NCAA regionals. Um, you, uh, I guess, finished tied for first, no playoff, and then your team wins. You guys go to Greyhawk, and uh, that's a huge accomplishment. Can you share with the listeners um, what that victory has now led to coming up in a week or so for you? Yeah, so after that crazy week, um, I got a phone call from a lady um, – Kathy Cooper, she's um works for Meyer and Meyer always for several years has hosted an LPG event in Grand Rapids at Blyfield Country Club. Um so she offered me a sponsor exemption in about a week and a half um to play up there with the best girls in the or women in, in the world. So um yeah, I'm excited. It's <laughs> great. Brooke, that's awesome. Um, congratulations. Um, obviously you, you've, you've played on some of our, you know, going back, we talked, we actually in previous segment or a little earlier, I was mentioned in Julia Miesmer who just qualified for the, you know, women's open. I think you, you played against her a few times in our mid America cup matches and stuff like that. I want to take, take back to, cause I believe your, your win at the regionals was your, was it your first collegiate win? If I read that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, take this, go back to that. What was that? Uh, what's that like? And, you know, after two years, you after your sophomore year, two years of college golf, you've been playing, um, you know, to get that first win, you know, in college under your belt, uh, take us through that just a little bit, you know, what that, what that felt like. And then, then even then not only you personally, you know, getting a, an individual win or, you know, tie, but, you know, you know, for the team to, to make it to the NCAA championships. Yeah, it was, um, a pretty awesome couple of days, but I say that last day will be definitely a, one of my top golf memories ever. Um, headed into that week, I was really excited because actually junior golf, I'd played the uh, AJGA Rolex girls there. 
And so I had known the course, PGA National. I knew what to expect and prepare for. And I felt like the previous weeks, my game was headed in the right direction. So there's a lot of excitement going into that week. And um, I mean, I also remember freshman year pretty well. We missed it by three, three or four shots. I can't remember, but it was it was close and it was it was painful to to not go to uh, the national championship that fr my freshman year. So uh, I'd say everyone on our team, <laughs> but I know for me, for me, for sure, uh, one thing was in mind and that's just making it to the national championship. So uh, it was, um, I did not know where I stood going down uh, 18. And I think looking back, that was pretty helpful. <laughs> Calm the nerves coming down <laughs> the stretch. But uh, once I made my last putt, my par putt in 18, and my coach told me that my team won and that I had won individually, uh, it was uh, a, an amazing feeling. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Brooke, I've had the, the very distinct pleasure, and, uh, and some of our, li our listeners have as well, of, of playing PJ National and knowing the resort and the courses down there pretty well. Were you, were you guys playing the Champions course down there? Yes. So a lot of, um, I'm sure listeners have watched it on uh, the PGA Tour and watched the pros play it. Um, it's definitely a challenging course, which that's just one, I think, one more positive for our team. Our team plays really well on challenging courses because um, for some reason, we, don't, we all don't make that many birdies, but we can make a lot of pars. So hey, whatever works. So that was just a mindset too going into that week of, you know, this is playing to our advantage. And um, so, yeah, but coming down the stretch, it's called the bear trap on, uh, let's see, 15, 16, 17. That's where I was um, going next. You can ask about the bear trap. How'd you do on the bear trap? <laughs> yeah. So that week I ended up playing that one under, which I think. Look at you. Uh, I'm not sure, but I'd have to look back. But I think, um that's probably what won the tournament for all of us. And for me individually, I think uh, conquering those three holes sounds silly to say, but if you can get through those, you can get through really. Uh, it's, it's very helpful because those play a lot over par. So it is um, those greens, those greens are narrow. They're like upside down bowls. Uh, <laughs> there's not a lot of landing area. You have to, you have to hit it right where you want it. And, um, I'm sure playing from where you were, that's probably a pretty big challenge. I think I think we played up like green tees or gold tees or something like that. Um, did they have you guys all the way back, or how far back were you guys playing? Um, pretty far. So I think that 15th hole was playing around 150. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not not fun. Oh. And then we had, of course, we were leading, so our tee times were in the afternoon. The wind had picked up quite a bit so yes um and then um and then 17 or i'm sorry 16 no matter how far you you have to lay up no matter what but it's a really a 90 degree you lay up and then a 90 degree shot over the water so the layup no matter what you lay up to you're always going to have about 190 180 into the pin so and the wind was blowing into it every single day so that was definitely a challenge and then the next hole, you have water surrounding the whole front yes. and right side of the green too, with with wind pushing off the right or left side towards mm -hmm. the water. So it was it was definitely um, 
nice to not know where I stood because I think that would be a little, uh, a little nerve wracking. So. Hey, Brooke, um, I want to know what advice you would give um, a young golfer, middle school, early high school, that their game's starting to come around. Um, Maybe they're focusing on golf only. What advice would you give that younger player, six, seven, eight years younger than you right now, to make it to the level and keep everything balanced between a personal life, the school life, and the golf life? What, What would you give that? young Brooke Beerman or uh, Kurt Rowe uh, out there these days um, <laughs> to make it to that next level. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, right around middle school is when I really, really got into golf. Uh, I had always played a lot of different sports, volleyball, soccer, softball. Um, but, you know, this day and age, you, you have to really focus on the sport you that you're like and that you see a future in so golf was the was the one for me and um I would not always say that I was um confident in myself and confident in my game I think confidence comes through a lot of experiences and lots of time moments that let you down and get you make you question why you're even playing um but I think I'd give any middle school girl or guy um, I would just tell you them to keep working and um, to put yourself in experiences that make you uncomfortable um, because that's the only way you grow. Uh, I remember a specific time at St. Albans, the PGA girls was out there and um, I played with Rose Zhang, who is the number mm-hmm. one, actually used to be up until a couple of days ago, <laughs> the number one amateur in the world. And now she's a pro and she ended up winning the whole thing. And I played the first two ter- uh, tournament rounds with her. And that was extremely eye-opening to what I needed to become and who I, and my, how my goals completely shifted. Um, and that was a very uncomfortable position filled with nerves and, and doubt um, in myself. So um, I'd say that, get outside of St. Louis, play some people that you've never seen before and always push yourself to be better because sometimes you're you don't even know your limit because you will just keep exceeding your limit so very good before I pass it back over to Kurt Rowe um thank you um you know that that is eye-opening and and I I think that's a good way to look at it and it's been fun watching you grow and uh um, getting to know your family and I I just love seeing what the future holds for you and uh real quick I just want to give a shout out to my little buddy Ashley so uh (laughs) uh, hopefully she's listening uh later uh down the week when this uh, goes out but I'm gonna pass it over to Kurt Rowe he's got a few questions for you Brooke thank you so. We know Ashley's going to retweet this and put it in, <laughs> and do our and do our Instagram work for us. I know that. I hope so. so. Yeah, <laughs> she's got sure. more followers than us. Absolutely. I know. I know. Uh, <laughs> just a couple, last thing to 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 wrap things up or get to in here, Brooke. Um, what uh, any goals for the uh, for the LPGA for the Meyer Classic? You know, uh, in a couple of weeks, you got any goals going into that? And then, you know, what's what's the rest of the summer look like for Brooke Behrman? You know, after uh, after uh, your LPGA debut. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about this uh, a couple of days ago, what I want to learn 
from this tournament and, and some things I w- want to do there. And um, I've played the course before, um, it's, so I know what to expect. I know what to prepare for, which is which is really nice and exciting. And um, so, I, I mean, I want to, you know, make the cut, and, and but I most importantly want to learn everything I need to learn that sure. week, which is how the pros handle it and what they – hopefully I'll get to talk to some girls and see how they how their life is on tour and just learn from them and and uh hopefully it will be a long week there I'll spend as long as I need to (laughs) out there make the cut and everything so yeah and then the rest of the summer I have uh the north south in Pinehurst uh which is uh just an amateur tournament and then the Women's Western in Chicago area, which is another amateur event. And it's that's about it. Um, we have a really busy schedule during the school year. So summer is almost uh, a time to tune up on the things I need to improve on and, and uh, just I'll relax a bit. Very good. So. I'm sure you'll be uh, probably uh, try qualifying for the U.S. Women's Amateur. Yes. Yeah, I of forgot course. about that. <laughs> Where will you so be going for that? I'm going up in Illinois. Illinois? Um, yes. Cool. So, mm-hmm. Good stuff. Brooke, well, um, would, would success in any of the stuff you're doing this summer get you into the Augusta Women's Amateur? Yes. So um, not a win directly, but if but when I play well and all, all of those, it would be – pretty helpful you got to be at the top 30 american uh, ranked so i i have some good i have to play pretty good this summer but it is definitely possible so it's always in the back of my mind <laughs> so yes well we wish you the best of luck this summer best Absolutely. of luck in your in your junior you. year coming up um, I'm glad you enjoyed PGA National. I love that place. That place is a very, very special place in my heart. So uh, I'm glad, glad you there. <laughs> so that's Brooke Beerman. Brooke, can we give your uh, any of your uh, socials out where people can follow you? And do you yeah. do you post stuff on? So go if you want to give those out, go ahead. Yeah. So I only have Instagram, but um, it's Brooke.Beerman. So. And that's B-I-E-R-M-A-N-N. So Brooke.Beerman, and that's on Instagram. I think I saw that as a private account, so don't be a creep and follow Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> Brooke Beerman, thanks so much for joining us on the CNC Golf Factory. Have a great weekend and a great summer, and have a great time in Grand Rapids coming up. Thank you so much. All right, more Bye, coming guys. up on the CNC Bye. Golf Factory on the St. Louis Podcast Network coming up right after this. Final segment here, CNC Golf Factory, St. Louis Podcast Network. Andy Hanselman, Kurt Goss, Kurt Rowe here with you. Uh, great interview just we had with Brooke Bierman, uh, really on a lot of fun stuff, talking about uh, this kind of her experiences playing, you know, heavy-duty collegiate golf in Division One at, 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 for uh, MSU and um, coming up uh, with an LPGA sponsor's exemption. And so lots of fun stuff there. Check that out. I'll be up for you um, all week long or you can get it whenever you want. Just subscribe on your phone, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And and subscribe to CNC Golf Factory. Guys, wrapping up the show this week, Kurt Goss, what do you have going on? Uh, Nothing. As mentioned uh, earlier, uh, we started junior golf this uh, past few days. Um, 
last weekend was an awesome weekend at the club at St. Albans, uh, pumping through 250 to 300 rounds, four days in a row. And the weather was phenomenal. And then again, we got slapped on the face today. The heat comes up, humidity. Um, but no, same thing that I'm doing, uh, most weeks, uh, just Joe and I and the team just running course and, uh, trying to keep the members, uh, in top shape with their games. Um, Ryan Martin, our new director of instruction that started about two months ago is rocking and rolling. Um, so the whole team's clicking. Uh, I don't have any rounds, uh, set up. I, uh, I pulled a muscle hitting a driver earlier today before tiny tigers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so clearly I'm old out of you're shape. Not supposed, you're not supposed stretch. to play with the, the kids clubs, Kurt, you're yeah, just they're, supposed they're, to... they're a little too short. I think, I think Kurt's, and... I think Kurt's driver shaft is too stiff for him. <laughs> um, I'm, I drove home, on the drive home. I'm like, do I have to go to a regular flex? Um, but, <laughs> but no, it's uh, all's good. Uh, we're just busy at the club and uh, I have another new assistant joining the team this upcoming week. So mm-hmm. I think that will hopefully, hopefully give uh, myself and Joe a little bit of a breather. Um, we're just so busy and it's fun to see what's going on. Yeah. And then around the uh, gateway section, I know they got stroke play. I believe at Sean Barnes's place at gateway coming up this week, I think Monday. So Sean's uh, crew at gateway has been uh, playing host to, uh, to the gateway section, metropolitan and Kurt, his team. So uh, uh, nothing new and exciting. Um, I'm, I am counting down the days to my trip to Ireland in uh, late August. Sweet. So, yeah, so I got that on the uh, on the mind right now. So not a lot, just doing the daily activity. We'll do a CNC Golf Factory field trip to Ireland. Come along. There you go. Absolutely. Kurt Rowe, Amateur Series coming up on Monday at Stone Wolf. Yeah, so we haven't touched on the Amateur Series yet this year or, you know, in any of the episodes. But, yeah, we have our uh, Amateur Series event number two at Stone Wolf on Monday. And uh, just for, you know, for the listeners, the Amateur Series was started about, I guess, 12 years ago now. Hard time, man. Every time I mention dates, I just shake my head. But uh, <laughs> the Amateur Series was started to give an opportunity to golfers of all ages, all abilities, you know, an opportunity to compete. You know, almost all of our stuff is uh, not – most of our stuff is for the better amateur player, the low handicap. And the Amateur Series has – we're up to seven divisions now you can choose to play from. Um, and that's, they're in gross, there's net, there's senior, there's super senior, there's a women's net. Um, it's really, it's made for everybody. Um, and we can, we'll find a place for you to play. Um, series runs throughout the, the entire year. As like I said, this is event number two of six. So we have six one day events, um, that, uh, that they, that the players compete in. And we got 105, I think at, uh, Stonewolf set up for Monday. So 105 players, um, and uh, but the amateur, it, 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 like I said, it's a series. So you play in the six events, or in, in majority of them. And there's a point of there's a point system involved, and you earn points based on where you finish in the individual events, the the one day events, and that earns your way into a two day championship at the end of the year. Uh, just to mention some of the other, so we're at Stone Wolf, then we go to Glen Echo, then we go to Lake Forest, um, and then we go to Anbriar. I think is the final one. And then um, before the championship and the championships at the quarry at Crystal Springs out in, out in Maryland Heights. So and that's the point I wanted to bring up was yeah. the fact that it gives you the opportunity to 
for some golfers to play courses that they may or may not get to play very often. Of course, like Glen Echo. I know you've had like Bell Reeve in there in the past, and um, you've had some, some great, great golf courses. Lined, yeah, lined up every, and you change them up every year too. We we try to. I mean, we we'll, we might go to the same place, you know, two or three years in a row. Like you know, this is uh, we haven't been to. We have, this is our first time going to Stone Wolf. Um, we've been to like we had our first event on May first was Persimmon Woods. That was uh that's two years in a row at Persimmon Woods. Um, we're going back to Lake Forest. We are going back to Anbriar, but that's not in a row. So yeah, we'll we we jump around. Uh, the other thing, good thing is it, with the you know it gives us an opportunity to go to some places that we probably wouldn't typically go to. Um, you know we've gone to you know some other you know like we've gone out to Innsbruck, we've gone to Woods Ford, uh, some other public courses that we generally wouldn't you know we're not going to take a U.S. open qualifying to those, those courses or maybe some other other championships, but you know, they're fun. Um, You know, I I call this kind of our casual series. It's a, yes, it's competitive, um, but it's also, you know, we, it's, we're, you know, we're trying to have a little fun. They're shotgun starts, um, but we've got, you know, we'll have, we have five or six rules officials out there, you know, that they help out, you know, we want to make sure that the pace of play is, you know, pretty good. Um, but they help out with rulings, which I, you know, the players like, I, you know, they, they get that, uh, you know, if they have some issues or, you know, have any questions, they, they get to learn a little bit. Um, it's kind of a little bit of training ground for some of our officials too. So they get to come out and, you know, work an event, but, um, it's been very successful. We've, uh, um, we've, we've, we've grown in the last three years. Um, another, another tip of the hat to COVID, I guess it's COVID year, we grew significantly and we've kind of maintained that we're, you know, we averaged just over a hundred players per event. So it's, uh, it, it's been good. It's been good in, in that regard. And, and again, like I said, we, we added the women's division. Um, I guess this is our second full year of having a women's division, which has been very popular. Um, you know, seven divisions is a lot, but uh, you know, it, it, it works out very well. And, and I got to give a, it's a, uh, the amateur series is presented by Imperial. So Imperial headwear is our sponsor for the, uh, for the amateur series. They, uh, they provide some, some caps and some other stuff to, you know, to the players uh, throughout the season. So great, um, great visors. I love their visors. Hmm. Yeah. Imperial. They haven't, we've never done the visors. You know, the visors is kind of a, um, not, not everybody likes the visors, but they're uh, a nice, they're a nice wide brim for my big old noggin for my big yeah, old butt. They, they do have those big ones. You can get yeah, those. Yeah. You can actually, you can get those on, uh, on our website. You can get uh, a metropolitan. You got the advisor. You can order them off our website from Imperial. speaking of your website, metga.org. Yep. Um, upcoming registration deadline dates. I got that in my, uh, my email today. My, my, yeah, the e-revision. Yep. Yeah, junior amateur registration deadline June 7th, nine hole championship June 14th, women's amateur June 28th, US amateur June 21st. Those are your important registration dates. Yeah, and if you don't, I'm going to touch on the women's amateur. I actually just put this on Instagram because we had this on our Instagram and I shared it on my Instagram. But um, I, I think there's always a misconception about our women's amateur championship. And I don't know how many women are listening to our podcast, but uh, I'll just let them know. What's that? About 90% women. Okay. Well, I'm nice. then this is good. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think there's a misconception is most, I think the ladies think that, you know, it's for the better players for a single digit, you know, low handicap. And that's not the case. Our women's championship, we, yes, we have a championship division that plays, you know, that are the better players. Um, you know, I, I, I would hope, love to see Brooke Berman play in the women's championship, you know, in, in July. Um, but we have, for those not in that level, you know, in that 
with that with that kind of game, we've got flights that are net flights. So, you know, we really got a place for you know any any female who wants to compete, you know, in our women's championship. So, um, I encourage them to come out to Westboro this year. Nice, friendly little golf course for the ladies. So, um, that's that's one I want to hit on, and hopefully I'll hit on again before we uh, before entries close in a couple of weeks. So. Hey, sounds great. Hey, Kurt, real quick. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm, I'm asking on behalf of a guy. Um, he's a 41 year old PJ professional playing to a 6.3. Do you have anything for that individual to play in? I'm going to send him an email here after we're done. If you have anything for him. Uh, no, because he's a professional. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Ah, sorry. Metro Metro open. Well, yeah, that, yeah. You, yeah. It, that was playing the net division at the, uh, there's that? no net division. So maybe next uh-huh. year. Yeah. 2024. Um, Hook me up with him. I'll I'll talk to him about that next year. All right, I'll forward his email to you okay. later. Sounds I want to I want to put the Metro Open on the net division. Get my ass handed to me. <laughs> there's, there's no net division. There could be a push for one. <laughs> I'm starting. A, that I'm, could go on Tavern. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Send him over Tavern. Black Keys is where we're going to do it. Send him over Tavern. I like that. Guys, another fantastic episode. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. For Kurt Rowey, for Kurt Goss, I'm Andy Hanselman. This has been the CNC Golf Factory on the St. Louis Podcast Network. Content on the St. Louis Podcast Network is 100% human created.